0: Good morning, happy Sabbath. Today's call to worship is Psalms 8, verse 1 and 2. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and your avenger. Today's Old Testament reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is the one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Today's New Testament reading is in Mark ten fourteen 14-16. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. It's hard to believe that it's been a year since I officially became part of the ministry here. But as most of you know, my service here began long before that. I recently bumped into a friend of mine who had kids about the same age as mine, and I was telling him once again about a program that was coming up this weekend. And he looked at me and he said, "Don't you ever just get tired and do nothing?" I think most of you know me by now, and. I think you know the answer to that one. Nope, I never get tired. I just want to keep going and keep ministering to our kids. It's really been a privilege serving here at this church, and when Pastor Greg asked me about speaking today, I started to think about what I might be able to share with you, and um, children's ministry seemed like the obvious choice. Several years back, I said there was two things I would never volunteer for while I was at this church. One of them is singing up in front here, and I've already done that, so in case you missed it, it wasn't that memorable. (laughs) Or take the pulpit, and here I am. Just another reminder that it's not about me or my plan, it's all about his. Bow your heads for a word of prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story. Please speak through me and into the hearts of the church family here today. And may my spiritual journey that you've taken me on, bring maybe one more closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I wanted to start by telling you a little bit about me. so I think as a parent, it's always nice to know a little bit about the people who are ministering with your children. And I think for some of you, my story might be relatable. And for others, maybe not so relatable, but maybe you may work with someone in your spiritual journey who you might be able to appreciate a little bit better after hearing about um, My upbringing. Uh, I grew up in Central California about 40 plus years ago. I was born in San Jose, California in a place called Mountain View, which is about 45 miles south of San Francisco. I have an older brother and a younger sister, so that puts me in the middle child category. And if you follow the stereotypes, I think I'm pretty typical of a middle child My dad worked for the Pacific Press Publishing Association, and um, if you're not familiar with that, that's our big publishing house that's responsible for our Adventist literature and music and CDs. So with his work in the Pacific Press, that gave me and my brother the opportunity to attend Adventist schools, which might not have otherwise been affordable for our family. And I believe back then a seed was planted in going through Adventist education. I went through Adventist schools, elementary, through uh, high school, and then the first couple years of college. Um, I like to tell people that when I was 14, my parents shipped me off to boarding school for bad behavior, but just to get a read out of them, reaction. But the truth is, I was not a bad kid. I just chose to go, um, and it was not a tough four years. I spent um, those four years on the beautiful Monterey Cliffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean, It was a, if you've never been there, it's a beautiful campus with um, its own private beach. And um, it just gave me the opportunity, as being on the shy, quiet side, to get involved with programs that I might not have otherwise done if I had gone to a day school. Um, I had a roommate every year that I, a total stranger, that I had to meet and get to know and get comfortable with. It gave me the chance to experience music programs. I got to sing in a a big mass choir with. Arla Dell Nelson, maybe some of you are familiar with her, and it it just really um, gave me a a positive experience growing up in those um, high school years. It also allowed me to um, meet new people, like I mentioned, from all different parts of the world. I had kids that that came from Hawaii, Japan. Um, It was just an amazing experience, and I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to do that. Uh, by the way, it was there that I met Carrie Honus, Pastor Greg's younger sister, and Ginger Thornbird's younger brother, Grant, and Jill Honus's younger sister, Julie Bowen. So it's kind of funny that all these years later, 25 years later, I would have this connection with those families. <clears throat> As a child, um, there were times in my life when um, things were a little bit um, Disruptive. Um, it, as it turns out, my parents divorced when I was about four, about the same age as Michael. Some of you may know Michael. Um, so I, uh, my first experiences or my earliest recollections are of a single parent home, and but I experienced love growing up, and um, shortly after that, I experienced the challenges of step uh, step parent, and um, some of the challenges that you um, face with that, but. I just always knew that God was watching over me in my life. I was always loved and cared for very well, and it was just always instilled in me that I was a child of God, no matter what things were going on around me. My mom instilled in me from one of my earliest memories that no matter what, to seek the Lord in prayer, and I have vivid memories of walking in on my mom, kneeling down beside her bed in prayer, and those memories have stuck with me. And hopefully I've instilled them to my kids, and you've instilled them in yours. I, I just remember always asking my mom, what should I do about this? I don't know what to do about that. And my mom's answer was always, ask, ask God, go seek the Lord in prayer. And I, I share my private life with you today, not so that you will, um, just maybe so that you can relate to um, people who've experienced different types of backgrounds, maybe your spiritual journey is similar to mine, And maybe it's not, but you can appreciate other people who have um, been brought up a little bit differently. And I really believe that uh, positive influences, the children's programs that we can offer our kids, can have a positive influence on um, our kids and the directions that they take in their lives. Maybe one day you'll help plant a seed that will help a child in the future. Maybe some of you already have done that without even knowing about it. Growing up, um, as I mentioned in the children's story, my grandma was a big part of my life. She came to live with us when I was pretty young and um, partly to help out with the kids and partly to help her out as she was getting older. And I just remember her being such a warm and positive spiritual influence to me. Um, I watched her lead many souls to, um, to Christ in the Spanish churches. She would do fundraisers. My mom used to tell me countless stories about how she would make tamales and enchiladas and sell them, for um, raising money for the church, <clears throat> and it was also my bond with my grandma that I think would help lead me down the path of healthcare, which is um, I've chosen to be an occupational therapist and to really appreciate the um, the elderly and working with older adults. <clears throat> uh, during my college years, um, within about a couple of years, I lost both my grandma and my father. About within a couple of years of each other. And dealing with those losses combined, um, it was a big challenge, I think, on the stressors of life. Um, Two losses and and going through schooling, um, it's pretty high up there. But one of my grandma's favorite hymns, which I don't know that we even sing it anymore, is Right in the Corner Where You Are. Maybe some of you are familiar with it. And I just think of those words all the time in my grandma singing, and um, I try to... To be a light to other people and to shine my light. And I try to instill that in the kids to shine their light to others so that others can learn that there's something different about them, that they have the love of Jesus. Sorry. I spent many summers at Soquel Camp Meeting. If any of you are familiar with it, yes. for 10 days, Grandma and I packed up and we roughed it. Um, roughing it meant spending our 10 days and nights in a warm cabin. There was no tents for us. There were tents, but we didn't stay in them. Um, But Grandma would pack up in April, and we didn't leave until, I think, July. But we would start packing special utensils and special gear that we needed, and it was such an amazing experience to worship God under these huge canvas tents with Sabbath school programs every day for um, age appropriate for uh, the different ages. And we got to meet people from all over the place and worship and sing the camp meeting songs. And it was such a a positive experience for me, and I really cherished the time at Soquel Camp Meeting. I don't think we have anything like that down south, or at least I'm not aware of it yet. But but they still have it in Soquel if you want to trek up there. It's a really beautiful time and a, a really great worshiping experience. I also remember um, as a child my mom used to help out with cradle roll Sabbath school class and we would go um, Friday nights and cut out the felts to get ready for the lessons the next day. And I just remember church being such a a big part of my life and a place where I would go to feel encouraged and loved and and people would welcome you at the door and it was always such a warm, inviting experience. And and that's kind of how I felt with all of you here in the last few years that our families come here. I was a pathfinder before there was a thing of, before there was adventures, uh, which led to baptismal classes and my eventual baptism. These are all building blocks that I feel helped lead me to my ministry today. And it was while I was doing an internship for um, occupational therapy school in Southern California that I, um, I found myself far from home, and I spent six months here in the L.A. area, and that's where I met Scott. He was a recent uh, transplant from New York, of all places. So talk about opposites attracting. We were very, very opposite. But I think it's worked out pretty well. (laughs) And as it turns out, we would be married by Pastor Tim Mitchell. I don't know, maybe some of you from PUC are familiar with him. Um, And I just recently found out that Pastor Tim Mitchell was the one who influenced our Pastor Greg in his um, decision to choose the ministry. And I just found that such an amazing connection, that I would be married by Pastor Tim, and he would be the one to influence Pastor Greg. And some might say, wow, that's a small world. The Adventist world, you could say, is a very small world. There's only a couple things that connect us all together. But really, I believe that it was the Holy Spirit working back then and still working with us today, still working with in my life today. <clears throat> Um, a while back, Scott and I had the kind of rare opportunity to go out to dinner, and it was one of those super windy nights where there was just wind blowing everywhere. I, I forgot what month it was, but it seems like especially windy in Castaic. And um, with Grandma and Papa's help, we'd gone out to eat, and about midway through dinner, we get a phone call, and um, all the electricity had gone out on our street. And um, Grandma and Papa were home with the three boys, and the boys had gotten scared. And Grandma said, don't worry, you don't need to come home, everything's fine, but electricity's out. But then she told me, but uh, one of my boys, let's see if he's out here, Jacob, where is he? Somewhere. Jacob said, Grandma, we need to pray to Jesus, and Jesus will help take care of us. And that just really made me feel great, knowing that when Jacob, when the boys were scared, when they were afraid in their their darkest hour at that moment, they knew to to pray to God. And I just thought that was really beautiful. I don't know if it was um, his parents that instilled that in him. Maybe it was one of you Sabbath school teachers. Maybe it was during a hands-on church experience. But somewhere along the way, a seed had been planted in his life to seek the Lord in prayer in his times of trial. Uh, Pastor Greg has been talking about spiritual gifts lately. And um, for me, I don't think it was until I became a mother that I really understood that my spiritual gift might possibly be uh, ministering with children um, I, I believe that it's, the Holy Spirit was working with me and trying to help me understand what my role was in church and it wasn't until I saw um, motherhood and then I embraced this idea that I wasn't now responsible just for my salvation but now I had three little boys that I needed to, um, to work with as well and to teach them our Bible stories and that Jesus loved them I remember um, shortly after discovering I was carrying twins. In case you're curious, twins do not run in my family. I had no idea what the doctor was talking about when he said there's two of them. I thought maybe I had a two-headed kid or something. I really had no idea. But I just, being my personality, I said, oh, okay, twins. I pictured myself with a a little girl in dresses, going to the park and having picnics. But no, God is a funny man. And he said, you're going to have two and they'll both be boys. And it would turn out I'd have a third boy. But I just remember thinking um, right after I found out I was carrying twins that I struggled so much with not the double duty, not the double feedings, the the two strollers or the double stroller, but I struggled with how will I get these two babies to understand that I love them equally, not just one more than the other, but that I love them exactly the same. That was my biggest fear. And it just helped me to understand the great love that our God has for us each one of us. And again, it was really my boys who helped open my eyes and open my heart. They have the most beautiful way of, of catching me with stories. There was a time here recently when we were packing up after a, one of the events here at church, and Michael, maybe some of you have met him, he um, was putting on a little bit of a struggle, struggle to get into his car seat, and finally I got him situated, and he said, Mommy, I want to sing you a song. I said, okay, Michael, what is it? And he started belting out this beautiful rendition of This Little Light of Mine, every verse, every verse. And it was just so beautiful and pure and innocent, and it really just made me quiet myself for just a moment to hear his words coming out of this innocent little boy. Um, about a year ago, I had the opportunity to attend a children's ministry conference in San Diego, and I was having dinner with a lady that I had just met um, I mean, there was thousands and thousands of people there. And we started talking about VBS because it was in February and everybody was gearing up to their VBS week. And she said, oh, VBS, it's five days of all this work. And, you know, there's so much preparation that goes into it and all the marketing and then the preparation of the stories. She said, you know what we do? We all pack up for vacation as soon as VBS is over. And I said, "Um, wow, okay. Because I just... I had a different look on it, and um, I was all geared up. This is going to be one of the first VBSs that I was um, taking a little bit more leadership with, and I was all fired up. I thought ours was going to just be awesome. So she said, you know, why do we even do VBS? Is it for our church kids? Is it for our um, neighbors? Is it Who are we really speaking to when we minister on VBS Week? And I said, you know what, Kathy, I'm going to tell you a story. I said about um, five or six years ago, our family was new to the church, and um, I was six months pregnant with my third child. And it was one of those hot weeks that only comes, BBS week, really hot. And I was just really uncomfortable. But I had volunteered. I was going to help out. I was chasing some little kids in a little group in one of my stations. I said, in that week, somebody, I think it was um, Naomi and Janice, were in charge. And I believe it was uh, Luke and um, Debbie McCubbin's daughter that was singing. They asked me to help out with a, a song. All, all I had to do with my big belly was walk across the stage with Scott. It was, I can't remember the song. It was some beautiful song about um, being led to the cross. And um, I just remember walking hand in hand with Scott across the stage, wobbling I should say, and um, just really being overwhelmed by the sense that the Holy Spirit was with me that day, that night, that week. And I feel that the weeks following that, our family just took on a whole different um, role in this church, and we just immersed ourselves in programs, and Scott's our new um, snack master in the v- in the VBS department, and he's now transforming Bible stories. He takes food, and he makes a story out of it. It's really amazing if you've never seen it. I mean, really, he, he's made uh, fruit look like serpents, and... Um, a burning bush with some pretzels and cheese one time. It's really amazing. (laughs) For some of our families, I think um, this experience coming to church is maybe the only time that they'll get to to have a church experience. Um, They may not have the opportunity to attend one of our Adventist schools, so for, for whatever reason. So their Sabbath school experience may be all that they get here at church. And I think it's so important for us to, to embrace them as a church family and to welcome them and to really help nurture their lives spiritually and their, their spiritual journeys. I think um, each of our programs here are, can be building blocks that help them, starting from Sabbath school and adventures, pathfinders, and so on. And I realize not all of us are parents, but all of us are part of this church unit and church family. And I just think it's so beautiful that we can all be here together and worship together and, and to love our children as God has loved us. Amen. Our church is bursting with programs right now. If In case you've been asleep for the last few years or, or months, we have things going on for every age group. This past summer, I held another summer children's church. I had about 14 or 15 kids on average. And I tried to take Pastor Greg's message and to kind of relate it on a kid level and to just give them one simple Bible point and then express it through a craft and a lesson. And um, it was a great time where the kids got to know each other a little bit better and to um, worship with each other. And I know some of you may have walked in and seen just a whole bunch of chaos and stickers flying everywhere. But at the end of the summer, I had one little boy come up to me and say, thank you so much for for all this that you've done with this program. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And I think if there's something that could be gained from that, it would be that the kids are really, they're receiving a blessing from all of our programs that we offer them. We also have um, such great Sabbath school classes. I don't know if any of you have ever gone into kindergarten, but Kathy Farrar is a master at creating sculptures out of cardboard boxes. Um, she'll hand me a cardboard box, and the next thing I know, it's it's the jail, or it's a bet- town of Bethlehem. It's just so amazing what she can do with a cardboard box, and it just brings the story to life for the kids, and they get to experience and be in the story and really um, just relive the story in such a creative way. Joe Trumbull, I'm sure most of you know, has brought such love and, and warmth to our kids. Just even as babies, I've heard some of the parents say, hey, my baby's just a few months old. What are they going to learn in Sabbath school? I, I think uh, kids can learn uh, the sense of hearing is so is brought on so early, and they can hear the songs, and they can start to, to, to listen to the stories. And, and their parents can just receive such a huge blessing from the programs that are offered for the babies. And we have um, um, our adventure program that is uh, our Adventures and Pathfinder programs where kids get yet another opportunity to experience God through nature, community service, um, all building blocks into their Christian growth and their spiritual journey. And we recently started up the Junior Bell Choir again, which we were so blessed to hear them today. And how beautiful is that, that the kids get to experience music, and um, just to experience God through music. And our Vacation Bible School, which I mentioned, where kids learn a Bible point in a fun and creative way. Our Hands-On Church, which if you're not familiar with it, it gives kids the opportunity to learn reverence and to learn what it means to be reverent. And... They learn a Bible story, and then it's always left with a wondering question, where the kids get to um, put themselves in the story and have a chance to dive deeper into what the story means to them. And they really—it's a—it's a a very quiet, reverent experience where they get to learn um, to hear God's voice speaking to them. Our sports program, which we're going into our seventh month now which we get to um, experience basketball and soccer and just have a really good time of enjoying physical activity but through um, Christian fellowship, which is a really amazing experience for our kids. And I'm so thankful to um, Coach John Rave and the Quintero family for helping us get that going. Maybe... um, Maybe you've never thought about helping out with children's ministry, and don't worry, I'm not here to ask for volunteers or anything like that. But all of us have spiritual gifts, and all of us can use our gifts to honor and give glory to God. So I just want to challenge you to find one small way that maybe you can share your gift with the other members of our church. Maybe it's kids, maybe it's adults. I think you'll find the... um, you'll just be amazed at how positive your influence can be. I wanted to um, leave you with one last thought, and that is, um, this has been my story and my spiritual journey and what has brought God to me here today. And I'm wondering what God has done for you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us here today. Please help us to remember to be a light to others so that they may know more about you each day. In Jesus' name, amen.